It is just after midnight, technically Friday morning, May the 6th, 2022, Bo Talk. If you're listening to my frequency, if you can hear my noise, you can understand my soul pain. But you got your own soul pain, soul pain, don't you, brothers and sisters? I'm happy. I'm always happy. I'm never crappy. Yeah, I know, I know. Always happy, never crappy, always busy, never lazy. Always looking to the future, never in the moment, right? I should be sleeping because I start my interview at this outdoor guide company today. Yes, we'll have to hike many miles through the wilderness of Utah, running from alligators. So poignant. Yes, indeed. And I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I'm I'm an old man. My insides are melting. I've got some weird kinds of problems with my feet. I, I treat all my illnesses with gunpowder and knives and all kinds of weird rituals. I'll take whatever weird acidic or painful type of mineral spirits... And I'll pour it on my open wounds just to, just to make myself feel again. I usually tell people that I will take the pencil, shove it straight through my eardrum, just to make sure that I can still hear. I mean, there's no reason to think that your odds change based upon your job, really. You could be working some really cushy job for Google or Microsoft in Seattle or San Francisco. And some douchebag doing cocaine in his or her Tesla puts on the autopilot. You're at the four-way stop. You're doing everything correct. And that Tesla hits you going 120 miles per hour. 
you could be, you know, a crabber going after the Alaskan king crab, all seven that are left. But those seven are gigantic from the Fukushima radiation. So you only really need to rip a leg off of one of those things and you'll have your entire catch for the year. But every once in a while that crab takes its pay. It sticks its claw up and through the water and grabs one of those fishermen off their boat. And they are eaten alive by the giant king crab of Alaska. But they say the corium, the bits of corium in the crab, the plutonium and uranium brings out the flavor. You could be a doctor battling the monkey herpes. The monkey herpes, you know, killed a motorcycler the other day. The monkey herpes set fire to a building and destroyed a lot of people. The monkey herpes caused an ice storm. And you might be the doctor that has to treat all those monkey herpes related deaths. Well, excuse me. They're still alive, right? When they show up. <laughs> Right. So it doesn't really matter really how you die. But does it matter how you live? On one level, you could say it does. I mean, I'm a Christian, so I would say, yeah, it matters how you live with respect to how you treat yourself and you treat others. And most days I give myself a C plus. And a C plus these days ain't bad because most people I see get an F. So I'll take my C plus, I'll graduate with my 2.5, and I'll go to state college and become a gym teacher. I'm kidding about that. You don't become a gym teacher, do you? Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If there is a path, you eventually find it. If there isn't one, you eventually die. That's right. If there is a path, you eventually find it. If there isn't one, you eventually die.
What does that mean? If there is a path, you eventually find it. If there isn't one, you eventually die. Well, I'm a Christian, so I believe that life has a purpose and that our lives have a purpose. It's not always obvious, and I can't tell you that every purpose is equally important or not important because I'm not even sure that matters. You know, from the perspective of Christ, everyone is equally important, and every path you're on is equally relevant. You could be the leader of a country. <laughs> you could be a pimp, same thing. You could be, you know, an ordinary schmuck sweeping out some office every day. Um, you're on some type of path and you have a purpose. It isn't about better or worse. You know, we live in a country where we, where we really have mastered the art of the cult of personality. Under, you know, Joseph Stalin, you had one kind of simplified cult, and it didn't really work that well. But with Neo-Stalinism and the way our system works, you have lots of, you know, cults, lots of cargo cults, lots of personalities being glorified. Will Smith, Elon Musk, you know, Joseph Biden, um, various figures in the press and the media have their own cult following. And you might be led to believe if you're not like those people, there's something wrong with you. But I'm going to tell you the, the opposite might be true. It might be the case that those people, if they are people, if they're real, are the ones in trouble. They're the ones that aren't really understanding their purpose. I think that's way more likely than it is that because you don't have whatever they have, the money, the popularity, the power, that somehow you're not quite as you know important or valuable. And, and as a Christian, I would say, well, that's not true. So a big part of this is understanding that there's a purpose. But what if you're not a Christian? Well, what if you're just an anarchist also, like me? I would say that a part of the path is not harming other people, you know? It, you know, living the free life, the liberty life, is also about respecting other people's freedom. And it, it may seem simple, but it's not. Because there are often situations that require compromise and understanding. And there is an inclination on the part of many people in our society to assume that the best way to resolve conflict is with force. And I would contend that that's probably the worst way. The only thing you get with force is more conflict, more violence, more nothing. So some problems are relatively easy, and some problems aren't so easy. And yet, I would say, if you want to resolve these problems, your best bet is freedom and cooperation, not coercion and slavery. But it's hard, because you got to convince people that their little slave pen isn't as good as it could be if they lived in a free world. It's hard to convince people to break out of their situation. So if you're an anarchist and you say, what is the path? I would say the path is freedom. And in the situation we're in, the kind of dark age of liberty, it really is a dark age of liberty. You kind of have to try to convince other people, if it's possible, that the freedom path is better. At this point in human history, you know, good luck. Good luck.
You know, there are there are some people in the voluntarist and anarchist movement, and, and I say in the movement because I don't know if they're legit, but they're kind of out there flirting with statism. And there have been a few of these guys in recent years who've done things like, I'm going to be a libertarian and run for president. And I'm inclined to believe that that's, you know, not really a great idea. And that's not the path. The path is not to mimic your enemy. The path is not to be like your enemy. But I would say the path is to convince your enemy to stop being an asshole. And if you can't, try to convince other people to stop being afraid. That's it. If you're an anarchist, or I guess a libertarian, but if you believe in freedom, the path is to break people out of the spell. And if the COVID, monkey herpes, Rona, race war nonsense has taught you anything, there's a lot of lesser magic and a lot of spell casting that goes on with this tyranny. And so if you're to say, well, what is my purpose, Dan? I don't believe in God, but I do believe in freedom. Well, then prove it. You know, be a disciple of liberty. Prove at least that you do that. Okay, break the spell. If you have a choice to put on the coffee filter or not put on the coffee filter, then don't put it on. I get that some people will say, well, I got to go to the grocery store. Okay, well, then do what I did. Put that nasty coffee filter on and be as big a fucking asshole as you can because convincing people it's all okay is not the path. Normalizing this type of trauma-based mind control is not the path, whoever you are. It's not. It's not the right way. What is the path, man? And you could say, well, Dan, I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in freedom, and I don't believe in a path, and then the lucky news for you is you will eventually die. You will. If you think this is all a big shithole, some days you're right. And if you think that this is nothing but joy and happiness, some days you're right. If you understand it's a mixture of both, you're pretty much right all the fucking time. There is no real, really great secret I know of to tell people, how do you know you're doing the right thing? I can simply tell you what you shouldn't be doing, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to me. I don't believe the best answer to all the problems we face is more government, more cops, more prisons. But every time I look at people confronting problems, a good example is Seattle, a good example is homelessness, I hear Seattle people talking about fucking islands where they can put the homeless people. But eventually, some of your neighbors could end up being homeless. Now, you may want to believe they're all drug addicts and criminals. What if you're only half right? Because you're probably much less than that. 
But let's say, despite having watched that documentary, Seattle is dying, you come to the conclusion that Seattle is lying. The Seattle solution to homelessness is put them on some fucking island in the Puget Sound and have them live out there and eat crab from a dying fucking sea. You want to know what commie house flippers do at the end? Do you know what their path is? To turn on their fucking neighbor. To turn on their brother and their sister. And that's not just Seattle. That's pretty much every big city in the world right now. That's their path. No, we could deal with homelessness. There are constructive, non-coercive solutions to this problem. But you're never going to convince a tax-paying American of that because they love paying their taxes. They love their fucking prisons. They love their dog collar that glows at night and tells them what to fucking do. That's their path. And, you know, yeah. It's a path of destruction. <laughs> Because all your base belong to us. I think there's a path. I think most people do find it if they don't give up. And I'm not really sure there is one right answer. I don't think there is. Um, you know, with respect to this life, if you're a Christian, this is a fallen world and things fall apart. We've talked about this before on this podcast. This is not the world where you get everything you want all the time. And this is not the world where everyone is glorified. This is the in-between world where people die, people get killed, people get cancer, you know? People get scared to death, okay? This is the world of crooked, crooked, crooked people, grifters and con artists. This is a world of pain and also of joy and happiness. There's a little bit of everything. And that's on the path too. But if you're looking for a giant glowing sign that says you are two steps away from enlightenment, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to disappoint you. You're never going to find that fucking sign. And if you're looking for a magical book you'll find along the way that tells you all the right things you got to do so you'll always be successful and rich and powerful and sexy, I don't know how to break this to you, but that book doesn't exist. And if you're looking for easy answers in this world, this broken world, you're not going to find any. No easy answers, no easy solutions. The best you can hope to do is to glean out a little bit of truth about the world, about people, and then you die. And that's it. That's the path. You should do good. You should. You should try, especially if you're a Christian, to be a disciple, which means also to be a minister. You should look over the flock of Christ if you're a Christian because that's also your job. I know that 
thousands of years of, of Catholic heresy and a few centuries of Protestant BS may have convinced you that there are only special people that should be ministers. But if you've learned anything from this 501c3 hellhole we've been trapped in for several years now, especially the last couple years, you should know this. Every disciple of Christ is supposed to be a minister. We are supposed to minister to each other. If I get another email from someone saying, when are you going to do another service? My response is going to be, why haven't you done even one? And if your answer is you can't read the Bible while, while turning on a recording device, I don't think that that's a good answer. And if your answer is you can't sit with your friends and read the Bible together, well, the answer is you could. And when I say your friends, I'm not talking about Facebook or Twitter. Really not. I'm talking about actual friends. If you're a Christian, then on your path is to be a minister. It is. I'm not saying you have to buy a church. I'm not saying you have to convince a bunch of people to hang out with you every Sunday. That is not what the fuck I'm talking about. But I am saying that if someone is in need and they need spiritual counseling, that is part of our job as Christians. If your church that you go to is no longer a church you recognize, then organizing some Bible readings and prayer on Sunday with your friends from that church is a pretty good fucking alternative. There are things you can do. Even in the darkest days of Christianity, there were things that every person could do. And these are some pretty dark days for Christianity. You know, and you may not like my foul language, and guess what? I'm sure Christ will send me more than one sign that Christ doesn't like it either. But don't mistake foul language for a curse. I, I bring this up periodically because people are really, really fucking confused. Here is a curse, and I don't mean it. I wish you were dead. And believe me, a lot of people do that with glances and looks Every day they wish people dead. That is a curse, okay? It doesn't mean God's going to do anything on it, but God will know you asked for it. But using a bad word is not a curse, anywho. If you're a Christian and your question is, what should I do? Right now, you should be forming groups of Christians in prayer at least once a week. You know, I know it's busy, I know it's hard, and Sunday's not a bad day, since it fits. And it doesn't have to be all day long, and it doesn't have to fit any kind of formula. If you have a Bible, and you have a group of people there, then guess what? Christ is there too, and you can pray. And that's something you can do together, and you can worship, and you can read the Bible, and you can talk it out and discuss it, and then you can have some coffee and hang out, because guess what? That's called a fellowship offering, and Christ kind of likes it when we hang out with each other, you know, <laughs> with the exception of probably dogfighting and stuff like that. But I think Christ likes it when we come together in peace and, and enjoy a cup of coffee or even a beer. But I think it's something the Lord appreciates. I think it's preferable to, to war. You could say a fellowship is literally the opposite of war. 
It's a group of people coming together, not for the purpose of destruction and pain and hate and murder, but for the purpose of just hanging out and maybe even becoming friends. If you ask yourself what path you're on, that is a good question, but I don't have any easy answers. <sighs> a few weeks ago, you know, it's crazy. I don't want to talk about it. A few weeks ago, That's right, a few weeks ago, I was on a hunting trip near Mount Scompton. I was near Mount Scompton. I was in Region 2 of the Utah Wild District. Yes, Mount Scompton is famous for all kinds of weird, weird wildlife. But the most famous dangerous animal to be found on Mount Scompton in Region 2 of the Utah Wild Zone of the state of Utah is the grizzly bat. Long thought extinct and lost someplace, the grizzly bat is dangerous. They weigh 1,000 pounds. They have a wingspan of 25 feet. They hunt in packs of 20. They hunt looking for blood. When you're hunting the grizzly bat of Mount Scompton. You start at Camp Tulip and, and you meet up with this weird, weird, strange wench named Rita. Yes, the night before I met Rita at the bar at, at Camp Tulip. And she asked me, what are you going to do tomorrow? And I said, well, I'm going to go up the mountain of Mount Scompton. Wow, man. That's so sexy, Rita said. And she unbuttoned her shirt and showed you her boobies. The next day you have to forge a river. The next day you have to cross a river. We had to cross a river the next day. We crossed the Fergus River. It was very, very cold. It was the kind of cold that, you know, gets right to your bones and kills you. Deep, 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 deep to the bone. As we were crossing the Fergus River, I noticed that one of the pack mules was being attacked by what's called a river hydra. It's a multi-tentacled creature that lives in the rivers of Utah. These river hydras kill 50,000 Utah people every single month. 
it's pretty terrible. We crossed the river, we set up camp, we pulled out our bow drills, and we made fire as if we were cave people. We sat by the fire and we roasted our trinklet meat. We listened to the river go quiggy quaggle as the various river hydra were feeding on seabirds and other creatures that fell into their trap. And this old bird watcher who lived near that crazy cottonwood tree got up and walked over. He asked us what we were going to do, and we said, well, we're going to go hunt the grizzly bat of Mount Scompton. And this old bird watcher had a Colt 45, and I don't mean a gun, I mean the beer, in one hand and a cool cigarette in the other. And he looked majestically at the peak of Mount Scompton in the distance, in the twilight, as the moon was glowing. And he said, nobody survives hunting the grizzly bat. Nobody lives through it, not through the cave of nightmares. Not unless you're purified. Not unless your insides are clean. But who has time for that kind of colonic? That's what the old bird watcher said when he sat down by the fire with his Colt 45 and his cigarette. As the fire died down, the hunting crew went to sleep. The hunting party, it was a party, yeah, great party. The fire crinkled away into the early morning, then it went out. We got up the next day. We packed up our gear and folded up our tents and our tarps and we went deeper, deeper into those dark woods. We came across a clearing. We came across a pond. It was crystal clear. There were fish in it. You could see them. And they looked back. They looked back with their fishy eyes. They looked back in disdain at our crooked human nightmare. A shaman rose out of the pond and he he said, My name is Chief Yorg. I am the spirit chief of the demon witches that live in these there hills. We guard the grizzly bat to protect the sacred flesh. What are you doing here, interloper? What are you doing here, you crazy old people? 
We got drunk with the chief. As we got drunk, we went on his drunken shamanic journey. He tossed firecrackers into a fire. We discussed all kinds of things. He gave us secret medicine. And then he disappeared back into the pond. The next morning we woke up and we sharpened our knives. We spent all day sharpening our knives and preparing ourselves. We girded our loins and we tightened them up. We covered our bodies in the musk of dead elk. We prepared our spirits by carving shapes into our flesh. We took the burning coals from the fire and we shoved them up our butts. Then we took our scrotal zone and rubbed it in the other hot coals so we could be ready for the battle ahead. The next day, we woke up ready for battle, our bodies purified, our minds ingluviated. We walked up the final part of the trail to the caves of Scompton, where the ancient peoples battled the whiskey weasel and the squirrel that could shoot flames from its butt. We made our way to the caves of mysteries, the caves of nightmares. We found ourselves deep in one of the caves. The cave was glowing with an, a kind of translucent, not translucent, with some sort of like phos phosphorescent, you know, kind of bacteria that was, you know, glowing and keeping the cave kind of just dimly lit. We had torches, but the torches went out, so it was good that there was that bacteria to keep it at a kind of a, you know, one candle of illumination in that there cave. And out from the darkness came the grizzly bat king, wearing the armor of rock and pain, carrying a large chunk of rebar in his right hand, and a 40-ouncer of Old English 800. Or maybe it was Mad Dog. We wrestled the Grizzly Bat King. His buddies came into the fight. We were covered in nothing but blood. We were bleeding to death in that nasty old cave. They fed on my brethren. They fed on my party. I was barely alive, but I was victorious. So I took my hand and I pulled out the heart of that grizzly bat. It glowed, it glowed, and it wriggled. I took a big old bite out of that heart. And then I got the really bad heart parasites. And now I'm dead.
but how could I be here? Well, that medicine old Chief Yor gave me, having a, he told us to shove those hot coals up our butts. This saved my life from the parasites. I don't think there's a moral to that story. But I do believe it represents a genre of, of just weird, hallucinogenic, psychedelic adventure that lay ahead for those of us that have the, the courage to peer deeply into all this fractured bullshit and to understand the absurdity of our condition. Yeah, 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 you can tell me about all that meaningful crap and shit you're doing to keep it real with your mindfulness, but you might just be a fuckhead. You really might. Damn, I got into transcendental meditation. I got into active dreaming. I'm seeing a cognitive behaviorist. He tells me to be a Buddhist. And that's your path, that's great, okay? You go out into the mountains, you find the grizzly bat, you wrestle it, you tell me what it all means when you're eating its heart with the wriggling parasites. You tell me what it all means, okay? path is a journey. A path is a opportunity. A path is a test that's only for the best. But we all got the best in us if we don't give up. A path does not come in one flavor. A path is not always about being kings and queens and princesses. It's not always about being knights. Sometimes you're a peasant or a slave. You live and die that way. But you know what? You could still make choices, I guess, about how you see the world, and that was your path, too. There are lots of paths. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are hard, and some of them appear to be easy, but they're still just another kind of path. If you say to yourself, well, Dan, I didn't do it all the right way. I didn't get the right degree. I don't have the right job. I don't have the right life. I don't have the right wife, whatever. All that could be true and yet you could still be on your path.
I don't know why I'm going to go up into the mountains to be a a mountain man. I mean, to me it seems kind of crazy, but at the same time, the last year or so has been so crazy that I guess I'm just giving into it a little bit, you know? Sometimes you fight the water to survive. You're in the river, you're being tossed about, you swim as hard as you can against the current, and maybe you get out of the river or maybe you die from exhaustion and you just drown in the river because you got so tired and you drowned. Maybe that happens too. Sometimes the right answer is just to give in a little bit. Like the, let the river take you, down, take you downstream a bit. See what's down there and just relax. Because you're not the only person on the river. Lots of other people are on it. Sometimes you're in control. Sometimes it's out of control. There's no one way to deal with it. Sometimes you'll get angry. Sometimes you'll get excited. Sometimes you're going to cry. The best thing you can do is don't harm other people. Don't go out of your way to make the world a shittier place. Don't go out of your way to ruin other people's days. If you're having a bad day, here's a good piece of advice. Find somebody you can talk to about it but don't spend all day making everybody equally upset. It's not an easy path to be a person in this world and to not be an asshole, but that is the path I recommend to all. Keep it simple. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a son of a bitch. Don't be the person that spits in other people's food in that proverbial sense. But there isn't one path. Even with Christ, every Christian's path is individual. It is a relationship between yourself and Christ. That's reality. And you'll know all the answers when you're dead. But you're not going to know till then. So you might as well be patient. And you might as well have fun, too. You might as well be happy. You see, that's the other thing I think that a lot of Christians especially don't understand from the Bible, Old Testament or New. The Bible is not about asceticism. It's not about, frankly, you know, acting the way the Amish do. There are letters to the churches in the book of Revelation, and one of those letters could be applied to the Amish. I'm not trying to beat up on them. I actually have a lot of respect for them in many ways. But the idea that the path as a Christian is to cloister yourself off from everybody and live a perfect kind of Christianity, no, there's an actual letter in the book of Revelation saying that is not the path. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to go up into the mountain and shut yourself off in a cave. If you're a disciple of Christ, and listen, I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of a hermit, so I don't like being around a lot of people. But if you're a disciple of Christ, you got to go out there. You got to. You got to talk about Christ, even if it hurts, even if it's scary, even if there are people walking about looking for Christians. Just to get angry at them. Just to blame them for the fact that the world is not perfect and humans do shitty things. I'm not going to beat up on the Amish, but I needed to get that out. It is clear to me from the Bible that the path of a Christian is not to just 
put themselves off someplace so, so that they can simply be separate from the entire human race, and that way they can have their perfected Christianity. That's not the path. The path is also to not deny your, excuse me, to spend all day denying yourself joy. That is also not the path. It isn't. You're supposed to enjoy this life when and if you can. It doesn't mean you should violate, you know, the covenant with God. It doesn't mean you should violate the Ten Commandments and, you know, not try to live the kingdom life. You should do all of the above and also you should try to be happy and find some joy because this life does not last nearly as long as you think it does. Maybe Ray Kurzweil will live forever. I don't think he will. Maybe there are people who believe that robots will allow them to reach a mechanical consciousness that will be eternal. Maybe that'll happen. I don't think it will. If it all happens, fine. But what I do know is that I will one day die. And that whatever this life is, whatever meaning it has, a big portion of it is the joy you find along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be on a critical path. You might be on a path that's, that's essential and you might not even know, and even with all that, you should still try to be happy. Even in the worst times, even in times when you think the earth is going to open up and swallow us all up, try to be happy. This is your message for Friday, May the 6th, 2022, Bo Blimptock. I will be in the woods of Utah unless they kick me out. And then if I get this job, I'll lead people on trips into the hills to hunt the grizzly bat, to hunt the wild purple cougar. To go up into those mountains and be chased by the black wolves of Frontos. To feed upon grizzly weed. To feed upon monkus. To eat a mushroom and see your path, right? Last but not least, if you want to donate to this crappy podcast, you are free to do so. There'll be a donation link. I'd prefer you take care of your food, water, shelter, and friends and pets before you donate to any podcast. But do what you will it is your life. If you think that this nonsense that we have been living through for, uh, yeah, a little over two years now is going to continue like this, I think you're insane. But I could be wrong. And if you do believe it's just going to keep on going and the stock market will keep getting higher and your Bitcoin will keep getting stronger, and if you're so rich and happy and perfected and you think everything's great and you're going to live forever in a computer consciousness, then why don't you take some of your billions and donate them to me? That's, that's a test. That's your test. If you're super rich and you got so much and you believe everything is just going to be like 2019 forever, then take some of your billions and cash it out and send it to me. I'll put it to good work with cocaine and hookers. I'll spend weeks and weeks in the gutter, drinking whiskey and doing cocaine. I'll have so many hookers. You know, I'll be covered in hookers. If you really think you're on the path.